God, uh, may my words be uh, not just out of my pride or my ego, but um, uh, from a changed heart, from um, an openness to your spirit, and be opening all of our hearts to receive your word. And uh, just thank you for this community. Thank you for everything that you're doing in us and through us. And uh, we, we just want to lift up our hearts to you. We want to lift up our friends and our family members and our neighbors to you and uh, continue to be mindful of um, your story, uh, what you did uh, for us. And we want to honor you. We want to worship you. We want to receive you in this place. Amen. Uh, so we are one Sunday before Easter. Traditionally, this is Palm Sunday, or you can call it Passion Sunday. You know, sometimes you'll read the uh, triumphal entry, uh, and that'll be the scripture that's preached on this Sunday, where Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and the people lay down palm branches and say, shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And then other Sundays, other years, you may hear the Passion narrative. And actually, in the lectionary, the text is two chapters long. And it's hard, it, it would be very difficult to preach on all two chapters, but I thought it would be powerful and um, let the scripture stand for itself um, to read different sections of the scripture and kind of absorb it and remember. I mean, it's good. Basically, Jesus is the core and the center of our faith and his walk to the cross and his crucifixion um, is one of the things that we embrace and acknowledge as something that happened historically and something that was a part of God's plan for our salvation. And then Easter is the story of resurrection, which is another part of our faith, a part of our story that death, it didn't end with death, but that there was triumph and victory. Um, and isn't that the case with life, right? We have triumph and we have failures, right? Amen? And I'm, I think I'm going to grab two chairs again uh, because I like chairs. I'm in a chair mood. But we have triumph, or no, we have triumph and we have failure or suffering or sadness. We have depression and pain and sickness and illness, both emotionally and physically. And we have success. We have joy. We have those beautiful moments uh, when a child is born, when there's laughter, when two people come together to be married, when something good happens, when people help each other. You see those videos on YouTube where it says, there's still good in humanity, and people are like doing things for each other, like helping uh, a senior citizen across the street or helping someone pick up apples that they dropped on the ground, that there's good in humanity, and that gives us an uplifting feeling, that gives us a sense of woo, hope and happiness. And then we hit the dry spots, like winter, right? Winter and gray and school and work, the drudgery and the routine of work, or hard financial times, or I'm sick every day and I'm just tired of coughing. My stomach muscles hurt because I've been coughing so much. And life is just difficult and traffic annoys you so much that you want to just break people's windshields and 
Nathan's raising his hand. Obviously, he's experiencing that. But sometimes it's so heavy. And in Seattle in particular, what's the first thing that's going to happen when the first nice sunny day, warm sunny day happens? If you go out there right now, there's no one out there, right? There's no one. In the winter, you're like, are there people in Seattle? There's nobody. But then the first sunshine, if you went to UW, the first sunshine comes out and on the quad, all of a sudden it's spring break beach city, right? People are like in their shorts, playing soccer, hacky sack, throwing the disc. It's like, whoa, the people came out. And life is about the ups and the downs. And you may have heard it said that you can't really experience joy or know true joy unless you've embraced suffering and pain. Right? Unless you've embraced your own suffering and pain, you can't know the depths of joy. You may, right? You can fake, fake a grin, fake a smile, fake a laugh on your face, but you can uh, fake a smile and be happy, right? A, a, a Pharrell song comes to mind. I'm so happy, right? But. Uh, the reality is, is inside a lot of us may be having a hard time or depressed. Part of being human and part of being a follower of Jesus is recognizing that. Like, it's okay. It's okay to have a hard time. Being Christian doesn't just mean being happy, right? When there's like a bluebird on your shoulder, and you're whistling a tune every day, right? And being a Christian doesn't mean, oh, I got to be nice to everyone, right? That if I'm mean to this person, well, you should be kind, and you should be loving as a Christian, but it doesn't mean saying, hi, how are you doing? It's a great day. I'm so happy, right? One of my pet peeves is uh, cashiers that are over-friendly. I just want to get through the line. Don't talk to me. Don't be like, right? And I've said this before, and I, I feel guilty for that when I'm like, just get through it. I don't want to talk to you. And I'm short with people. I don't want to be friendly. I'm not your neighborhood pastor, and you're not my neighborhood grocery checker, okay? This is not Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And so I'm on going on two hours of sleep, so I'm very ang a little angry today. Um, but... Our faith and our humanity and our journey uh, with God has rhythms. There's natural rhythms. Uh, and the rhythms of lament and trust. Lament. Everyone say lament, lament. And, trust. and trust. Lament and trust. Lament and trust. We doubt and we trust. We doubt and we trust. We're in darkness, and we seek after light. We're in darkness, and we seek after light. Following Jesus and belief and trust is not always easy, right? A lot of times we feel abandoned. We feel rejected. We feel lonely, right? And if we really allow our kind of deeper emotions or our experience out there, right, we would feel a lot, we would feel a lot, right? If we were just still and let ourselves be a little self-aware, there would be a lot going on in there. I think a lot of anxiety, 
right? Especially in our society, there's a ton of anxiety. Anxiety over uh, just money, anxiety over job, anxiety over family, right? And we stress out. Um, but lament and trust. And in our psalm, I'm going to read it here in a second. Uh, our psalm, uh, we're in Psalm 31, 9 through 16. But the pattern in all of the psalms, Psalm 31, is there's the psalmist has a lament. He cries out to God. He's suffering. And then there's a stanza or a section of trust. But in you I trust. You will come and deliver me. You will bring hope into my life. You are good father. You've been there in the past and you'll be there again. And then again, it turns again, lament, beginning in nine, uh, uh, verse 9, there's a, there's a sense of lament again. And then uh, 14 through 16 of our passage, trust. So let me just read the psalm really quick um, and just be aware of kind of the lament and the trust, the lament and the trust. Have mercy on me, Lord, because I am depressed. My vision fails because of my grief, as do my spirit and my body. My life is consumed with sadness. My years are consumed with groaning. Strength fails me because of my suffering. My bones dry up. I'm a joke to all my enemies, still worse to my neighbors. I scare my friends. And whoever, I feel like that. I, <laughs> and whoever sees me in the street runs away. I am forgotten like I'm dead completely out of mind. I am like a piece of pottery destroyed. Yes, I have heard all the gossiping, terror all around. So many gang up together against me. They plan to take my life. And then in 14, but me, I trust you, Lord. I affirm you are my God. My future is in your hands. Don't hand me over to my enemies. To all who are out to get me, shine your face on your servant. Save me by your faithful love. And let's be honest. Many of us are thinking and will think, man, this is so intense, right? Sure, there are times that I've felt like that, but the psalmist is just, you know, he's got issues, right? This is so intense. It's too real. We can't, if we were to do that all the time, if we were to embrace our lament and the things that are broken in us all the time, we'd just be a crumble of mess and Kleenex on the ground, right? And then we step into times like this, Easter, and you're like, oh, this Sunday, we're going to be sad because we're going to think about Jesus' death. So let's be sad. <laughs> and then Easter, let's jump up and down and get Easter eggs, right? And some of us are like, oh, this is so, ah, right? Uh, what a downer. And um, it's difficult. I think it's difficult. And part of it is not because of the scriptures itself, the faith journey itself. It's because of our culture, right? Our culture has taught us to pacify ourselves. Our culture has taught us to avoid pain, actually. Our culture has taught us to avoid hard things and conflict, right? If you and I have issues, 
right? We got in an argument, and you're like, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, okay? And you're like, sorry, I'm like, oh, it's all good. That I didn't even think about it, you know? But really, it wasn't all good, you know? But we are used to being, it's all good people, right? So it's actually refreshing to me how blunt and honest the psalmist statements are of himself, right? What does he say? He says, I'm depressed. How many of us go around saying, when people say, how are you doing? We're like, I'm depressed, right? <laughs> people would be like, oh, okay. You know, go over there. That's the, the chair over there. If you're doing sad, don't come into this room, right? The party's over here. Don't be a party pooper. Sit over there, right? But he says, I'm depressed. He says, I'm a joke. I'm a joke to people. People are laughing behind my back. People are gossiping, right? And if we're really honest, I'm a kind of a paranoid person, so I think people are laughing at me all the time. I think you guys are laughing at me. You're not saying anything. <laughs> you can laugh. Um, I'm a joke. I'm forgotten, right? I'm a has-been. People, the show has moved on, and I'm irrelevant. I'm forgotten. And he says, I'm completely out of my mind. And I wonder, um, at the end of the day, when you look in the mirror, what do you think of yourself, right? I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm forgotten, I'm goofy. <laughs> um, I'm a loser, I'm invisible, I'm irrelevant, I'm financially vulnerable, I'm not providing, I'm out of shape and slower, I've never made a difference under this God-forsaken gray sky. Uh, but this is where in the midst of embracing lament, embracing and being real and honest and blunt about how life really is going, that that the turn of faith is, that that's where worship lies. That's where prayer lies. That's where our relationship with Jesus and God take, gets traction, right? Because the psalmist turns and uh, prays out to God in trust. But me, I trust you, Lord. I affirm you are my God. My future is in you. Everyone just said, my future is in your hands. Just let it go. Just take all of your stresses in your hands. Everyone, put your hands up. Put all, think about all of your anxieties, your stresses, your future, right? All, the, all that junk and just say, my future is in your hands. Like this. One, two, three. My future, my future is, is in your hands. hands. Don't hand me over to my enemies, to all who are out to get me. Shine your face on your servant. Save me by your faithful love. Um, and in case you're just wondering, oh, is this some sort of Korean suffering theology? <laughs> or it's Minjung theology, it's part of David's like Han, deep down pain inside from being you know, descended from an oppressed people. Uh, that's not faith. That's not. That's your faith, but that's not 
whatever. Let's just, let's just think about Jesus, right? Because actually, verse 5 of this psalm, uh, Jesus quotes. It was read by Casey, in fact. Jesus quotes on the cross. Uh, in 23, verse 46, Casey read, Crying out in a loud voice, Jesus says, Father, into your hands I entrust my life. And he's quoting Psalm 31, 5, which is, I entrust my spirit into your hands, into you, Lord, God of faithfulness. You have saved me. So Jesus, at the moment of his excruciating suffering, the moment that he is about to give up his life and die, that moment of death, he quotes Psalm 31, right? And his cry is that cry of lament, right? Talk about being in a low spot. Lament, right? And crying out. Crying out in trust. And um, Christ, right, in modeling faith for us uh, is one who entered into suffering for our sake um, in trust, right, in solidarity with God and his hope for the world. So what does this mean for us? It means that we need to live into this pattern of lament and trust, lament and trust. A large part of the Christian faith and truth involves embracing life in all its reality. The reality is that the world is full of distress, emotional grief, physical suffering, isolation, rejection, and persecution. All of us, no doubt, are experiencing it and have experienced a range of emotional and physical pain. Our faith is not full-bodied unless we acknowledge this about faith. There is suffering. And Jesus' act of love has no impact or good news to its hearers unless we embody life with honesty, embracing suffering, acknowledging it, unless we lament in the midst of our longing and song of lament, however, we choose to trust in the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ, the one who understands, the one who has walked a thousand miles in your shoes and has died for you. He's walked a thousand miles in your shoes. He understands. He's been there. And so we can be anywhere and we'll know that we have a God. We have a Savior who understands where we've been. You've been in prison. He's been in prison. You've been alone. He's been alone. Right? You've been rejected, misunderstood. He's been rejected, misunderstood. He's been there. He's been there for you and he understands. So you're never lost. You are never lost. Amen? Amen. Don't move too quickly to triumph and victory. And the Pharrell song. Just, it's not just be happy. Because I'm happy. Right? Don't move too quickly to that because you run the risk of having a shallow faith. Embrace lament. Cry out to God in your daily walk and prayer life. Allow your heart to break and experience deep compassion for others. Don't let pride inhibit deeper relationships with others. And as you embrace the reality of where you are, let the prayer of the psalm take shape in you to give birth to new possibilities 
as you look forward to the good news of the resurrection. Don't have a shallow faith, right? A shallow faith that doesn't embrace lament or has a deep relationship and trust relationship with Jesus turns into the type of faith that's all about issues, right? Whether it's, and it becomes political, right? It's a shallow faith, right? If I'm an evangelical, I must believe in no immigrants in this country, right? Something weird like that, not to be political. But, <laughs> but a deep faith in Jesus Christ, it becomes less about the issues and more about, right? Having compassion for people, caring and loving people because we've been there and we know and we understand and Jesus understands. Let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, for your love for us. Thank you for journeying to the cross and just reading and hearing the scriptures about how you were unjustly um, convicted and unjustly executed and how the crowds turned against you how even your disciples, Peter denied you, your disciples ran away. Um, that must have been so hard to see even your closest followers and your friends deny you and um, kind of not have your back. And so you know when we uh, feel denied and rejected, you know when uh, all of our sorrows and all of our pain, and you hold the sorrows of the world and the sorrows and pain uh, of our neighbors and everyone around us in your hands and you understand and that's why you are our savior will you save us every day save us again over and over again help us to come to you and trust in your name